Welcome to the Home Team Podcast. Welcome to the Home Team Sacramento Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And today we have former high school, uh, former, geez, former Folsom High School in Cal Poly quarterback, coach, and mortgage loan consultant, Dano Graves. What's going on, coach? Not much, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Josh. I'm looking forward to doing this and, uh, you know, just, just giving back to the Sacramento community and uh, building connections with everyone out there. You know, it's been a while since I've been um involved in the sports scene but um i've always been looking for ways to just just always you know stay involved really uh so i'm looking forward to it i appreciate it man and i just want to reiterate i, I fumbled that intro so poorly he is the former Fulsom high school and cal poly quarterback man i just jacked up your bio but that's okay we're gonna get into it right now so you can fully explain your entire background but every once in a while i, I fumble the ball there so hopefully everybody got that but uh Tell me a little bit, man. We like to start off the, the podcast, especially with new guests. Tell me a little bit about your your athletic background, your coaching background. Like I said, you are um, alumni of Folsom High School. Anybody in the in the NorCal area knows Folsom High School, especially now. The reputation is is pretty insane, and the program over there is is pretty wild. And I feel like, and please correct correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you were kind of at the beginning of when it really started. I mean, really growing. Is that is that accurate? Right. Yeah, we were. We were at, at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, Folsom won a section title back in 1980. Um, but that was well before I started playing. Um, but yeah, man, to, to try to answer this quickly. So I started playing for the Folsom Junior Bulldogs when I was eight years old. And, um, we went all through the youth program looking up to the high school players, but Folsom football, at least at the high school level, um, wasn't much to write home about, um, but we had our aspirations to be great. I mean, we we got together as a group of guys at, at the age of eight, most of us, and then we had just played together our, our whole, essentially our careers in Folsom. Um, and then that movie, Friday Night Lights, came out. I want to say yeah. it was around 2007. Um, no, sorry, earlier than that. I think it was 2005. I was in seventh grade. And I remember all my buddies and I, we're like, that's what we want to do. We want to win the state championship. And and mind you, I don't even think I don't even think the state of California had state bowls at that time. I don't think um, so. We watched that movie. We're like, we just want to be the best. We, yeah. You know, whatever that is, whatever our max is, we want to aspire to to reach that goal. Um, so yeah, we I went through the the youth program um and then went up on to high school. Sophomore year, I started playing varsity. My brother was the quarterback at that time, and that was the first time in 20 years that we had made playoffs. Um, wow. and we ended up losing the first round in Napa. Um, but, uh, that following year, my junior year, that's when I, uh, became the starting quarterback. We made it pretty deep in playoffs. I think we were one game sh shy of the section championship where we played Del Oro. We were up 35, seven, they came back, um, in the second half to beat us going for two, um, going for two at the very end with, with seconds left. Um, and then, you know, the following year we went on to state and, and we won. Um, so that in a nutshell is, is kind of my career at the high school level. 
From there, I went to university, sorry, not the university, I went to the uh, Air Force Academy. I was there for a year and a half and then transferred to Cal Poly, um, where I finished out my career, started for two years, and then um, after that became a coach. Um, and I coached three seasons as the quarterback coach at Cal Poly. Interesting. I have, I have so many questions just based off of what you just said. Um, but let me ask you this, since we're talking about the, the coaching thing, was it because you, I mean, you went right back into coaching once you were done playing. Was that a difficult thing? Because I'm always fascinated when when athletes go back to coach immediately after their career is over. Because sometimes you get into that weird situation where there's so there's so much raw passion that they have a tough time transitioning to being a coach because like they can't get on the field anymore. Right. They still have all that raw passion. It's like they and they want to strangle their players. It's like, why don't you just get it? Like you should like let me do it for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then some guys like slide into that role really easily. So what was that transition like for you? I want to say it, it was it was yes and no as far as it being easy. Um, to say it was easy um, was was mainly due to the fact that I was like a six year C senior mm. by the time I was I was a senior quarterback on the team, and I was more of a of a players coach. Um, sure. I, was, I was already kind of a coach on the field, and it was the same way in high school. I mean, just with the system that we ran and being the quarterback, you have to know everyone's role. If someone's off slightly, you have to correct them. You have to coach them up. If it's something that you, if it's knowledge that you have in your head, it's your responsibility as the quarterback um, to make sure that everyone is on the same page and that they're they're executing their role within that specific scheme correctly. Um, so making that transaction transition in that aspect was actually extremely easy. Um, I knew the playbook like the back of my hand, um, and uh, all the relationships I had with the players were great. They all respected me because um, because I was also on the front lines with them in battle. You know, so that that went smoothly. I would say the toughest part was in you know, kind of on the same note is that I knew these guys and they were my teammates. So having uh, to transition, I had to completely, essentially uh, segregate, separate, my, separate myself from the players. Um, if it's a Thursday night, Friday night, you know what I mean? Um, I, I had to really, that was the toughest part because some of these guys were only, uh, you know, a couple of years younger than I was. Um, but I had to really uh, separate myself from them socially um, in order to kind of start building the foundation for my career as a coach. Got it. And then, so you coach for three years. I mean, uh, was there a reason why you decided not to coach anymore or, or come back and coach at the high school level? Or do you have plans on coaching again at some point? Um, I do have plans on coaching at some point. Uh, coach Coach Paul Doherty over at Folsom High School, he reaches out to me every year, sometimes <laughs> the year, especially right before season. Yeah, it sounds like a coach. I know it's inevitable um, that I'm going to get back into it. I think at the time when I left, um, I had just met my wife and she was a beach volleyball player at Cal Poly. And um, we, we knew immediately that we were going to get married. We both had the same goals and aspirations in life to have a family um, and settle down. And I quickly saw that the, the college co coaching lifestyle um, can be similar to that of someone in the military where you're moving all across the country. Yeah. Um, so for where we were at, I knew I loved coaching. But I was also ready to um, kind of do the whole family family man thing, and um, it just so happened that, that uh, I was already getting my real estate license when I was coaching because um, I know I just wanted to have it in general. And meanwhile, my brother was already back in Folsom, California, kind of recruiting me to come come back home and work with him um, and with the brokerage that we that we work at now 
um, as a, as a loan consultant. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of why I got out of it, but I know I will definitely get back into it soon here. That's awesome. That is that's so funny too, man. Like, I feel like that is a very much a coach thing when, uh, they want that athlete to come back to coach. It's not just a one-time ask. It's right. every time they see him, they see him at the store. Hey, when you coming back, Hey, they see him at, in the community somewhere every single year. So that's a man. That's a slippery slope too. Cause he gets Torty, man. He's like, all right, come back. Just come out for one day. Come out for one practice. Just come speak to them. And right. then, you know, it's quick. Like, all right, now two times a week or why don't you yeah. just go to, to Saturday morning film session? You know what I mean? It's, it gets, it's a really slippery slope. Cause once you take one step, um, just being an ex player and a, and a, and a former coach, it's, it's you, you want to win. And if right. you see something's off or if you see that there can be improvements in one, one, you know, aspect of another, you're going to want to want to, you're not going to sleep at night until you fix that or correct that. Right. That's yeah. That is a slippery slope. So I mean, pretty soon you're wearing the headset up in the booth calling plays. <laughs> exactly. It's like, wait, what happened? I thought it was a one-time thing. That's right. funny, man. Um, you know, so again, going from like the, obviously you played at a, a high level and it, it's funny too, man. Like, um, my brother, my family all went to Castro Bay High School. And um, my brother, one of my brothers is about your age. He's probably maybe three or four years younger, but he was in high school at the same time. And so he saw you play. And, uh, you know, it, it was interesting because I, I think, I feel like back in the day, he's like, man, you got to see this dude play. And I think you guys played Cast at one point. Um, I can't imagine it was a great game at that point. That was probably a rough year for them. But, uh, I think I feel like and if he's going to hate me if I get this wrong, but I feel like he was comparing you because it was like Tebow was big around that time. And I feel like he, there was a little bit of a comparison there. Did you get that comparison a lot? You know, not, not often. Um, no, I didn't really get many comparisons or at least really? were comparing me. I, I'd never heard about, you know, what, you know, what that, that comp was. Um, I think um, a lot of people, saw me similar to Kyler Murray because I think Kyler Murray was a couple of years or a year after I, I was, um, but we had similar styles in high school. Sure. Um, but there were, weren't many quarterbacks my size at all at the college level at that time. So that was kind of the beginning of that era as well, where being slightly smaller was okay. I, I actually almost missed that window. I was almost a little too early. Um, hmm. if I were to look back at it. Um, yeah. That's interesting that you say that there weren't that many comparisons because I feel like now it's all the time. It doesn't matter what age the kid's yeah. at. It's like they're just compared to someone all the time. And then all the way, you know, through the draft, they're getting those comparisons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it was wild. I remember him, him talking about like, Hey man, you guys, you got to see this, this dude play. Cause he's, he's a beast. And, uh, and then I saw you playing like, yeah, you're right. Like, this is pretty impressive. So, and like I said, it's crazy to think too, man, that like that was at the beginning, kind of the beginning of when Folsom really started going on this incredible run they've been on so like when you think back to that like i mean you have a, a pretty big chapter in the history of the Folsom high school football program like do you ever do you ever think about it or is that kind of is that a weird thought to to think about um not necessarily and it, it, it's it's interesting to think about because all my buddies from that from that you know from from my class that we all played together we don't necessarily live in the glory days as much as one might think. And we always, no. we, we joke about that, that we're not really, we don't really live in the glory days. Um, but we, because of what we accomplished, it gives us this sense of, um, we're just extremely proud to be alumni. And I think it builds the alumni portion of the bulldog nation, so to speak. And it builds that up. And we're much, we're much more proud to be a part of that. And even the classes below us, that one state, 
that one state we're we're really close with them as well just in communication and following up with games and we're always in a group chat you know hey this game's you know here's the link to the game tonight they're playing de la Salle or whatever it may be we're watching very closely um so i think because of our success it, it makes us proud alumni and we really stay stay um, up to date with what's going on we know we know where every kid has offers and everything um but uh, yeah, man, we, we were really proud to just be alumni. Which is cool, man. And I feel like that's how it should be for, for every program. I get like not every program can win and not every program can have, you know, the, the same type of reputation that Folsom does. But like, that's one of the cool things about programs. That, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've been to Del Oro a handful of times and that community, you know, is, you know, in love with Del Oro football and they have a really cool, uh, you know, setup there. I mean, I, I could name a bunch of other schools that have a great um a sense of tradition they have a great sense of community so i mean and i was thinking about this today man it's it's kind of cool especially with what you're doing now as a professional uh in the in the world of real estate you know sometimes i feel like we think about you know uh, networking and connecting with people once we get to college right and once you get to college you start doing internships connecting with people but really you can make a case that as a high school athlete in a smaller community you're actually starting your networking right then and there because if you have a great rep reputation as an athlete at that point and then you go off and do college and you come back people are going to remember your name and they're going to remember your rep reputation so if you came back to the, your hometown there's a good chance that people are going to remember that and think hey they're going to want to connect with you help you out you know maybe it was a job offer here or there right. so do you feel like the the reputation that you had as a player in high school has carried through all the way to this point now where you're a professional in this community and doing all the stuff you're doing now 100% Josh there's so much truth truth to that um with what I do as a as a mortgage broker um a lot of my business partners are real estate agents and I want to say about 30 40% of the real estate agents that I work with were 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 athletes in the Sacramento area really either played against or maybe were a year or you know a year a couple years above or below me that recognized my name i recognized their name or their family name um and we're like hey you know we both you know you were at deloro you were at rockland we played against each other do you remember this game um and that's kind of conversation started right there we built that connection and we're able to do business together we're former athletes we're competitive we want to we want to do you know go above and beyond to serve our clients and stay competitive in the market um, so just being former athletes in this area and finding other former athletes in the same industry as you, it's, it's helped my business grow. It's probably helped their businesses grow. Um, there's just so much truth to that. Yeah. And that's, like I said, that's one of my favorite parts. And sometimes I feel like it's underrated with high school sports is the importance of the community. Right. High school sports is huge because, you know, and you see, like you saw again, Friday night lights, right. In Texas, football is a different beast. Everything shuts down. Friday night football is, is what happens on Friday nights. That's it. Right. And so I feel like, I mean, you get the same thing. Like I, I know there's been so many times, man, when I've driven up 50 on a Friday night and I see the lights from the stadium and you see all the people there and it's a community event, like people really get into it. So, I mean, do you, like as a player, like if you can think back and kind of put yourself back in your shoes as a player, do you feel that support from the community or is that something that you appreciate more as you get older and kind of think back to those days? Um, both. So yes, as a player, I, I remember I remember the the support from the community kind of growing with our success. Um, uh, because Folsom winning at the time was new. 
Sure. Um, it, it, it was new, at least at the high school level. I mean, us growing up, we won championship after championship. So it was what it was an expectation to us. But when we got to the varsity level, that was, you know, that was Friday night lights for the town. And we really did feel the support from them. Um, they travel with us and everything. I think now when I look at it, I think a lot of the community and fan base is numb, so to speak, to the success of Folsom High School. It's like, oh, Folsom High School's, you know, they won. They just beat DSL again sure. um, or they're going to state again. I mean, yes, it's impressive and yes, there's support, but it's kind of an expectation now. Um, yeah. Whereas back when we were playing, it was all it was new and it was exciting. At least that's the way it, that's the way it felt to me. Sure. Um, I think a lot. I think what's really important with the community support nowadays is um, just the fact that the high school team, the Folsom high school team is playing really good competition. Now they're traveling to LA. Um, they're traveling to De La Salle every other year. Um, they've had talks about playing Bishop Gorman in Nevada. Right. Um, they have plans to go travel to Hawaii. Um, and if they do go to state, you know, that's a whole nother trip in itself down to LA. Um, so that costs money and yeah. Folsom's not a private school, right. um, a public school. So all that has to be self-funded. And I know, you know, Coach Doherty works his ass off to to fundraise and whatnot, but the support from the community in that aspect is huge nowadays because as Folsom continues to build their name, continues to try to play the, these top-ranked team in the teams in the nation, um, there's a finan financial portion to that that's very important being a public school. Right. Well, that's why I've always, I've always told, you know, anytime I've had a chance to talk to athletes, high school athletes especially, um, and I know a lot of coaches that promote this message is like, man, the reputation that you carry into the community is huge because, you know, if you, if you do something dumb in the community, that is a, that has a bigger effect on the program than you think it has a bigger effect on, on your, your own reputation as a, as a human being, as a person, but even just as the program, like they see someone, you know, doing something stupid, they're wearing the fulsome shirt, like yourself. It's like, they automatically associate that with the football program or the sports program or the school. And it, it can leave a bad taste in someone's mouth. And then they're not as willing to support. So, I mean, you know, sometimes I think we kind of brush over it, but like the community aspect of it for all the reasons you just said are huge, huge for high school sports. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you could go back and go back in time and if you could talk to your younger self, the, the Dano who's getting ready to go into college for the first time, uh, what was the biggest thing that surprised you, uh, thinking back to those days? And then what would be one piece of advice you would want to give yourself at that time? Um, so, so the biggest surprise to me, um, is probably a pretty common answer to most most football players that move on from high school to college. And that's just the speed of the game. Sure. Everyone is fast. And especially when you're, when you first make that transition, everyone is bigger than you are. Um, sure. So I'll actually, I'll give you two piece, you know, pieces of advice that I would have given myself going into it. And the first one is, is right when you finish your senior year, your, your senior season, take a, a couple weeks, you know, a month, to, to let your body rest after the season, um, but then get right back into training. Um, I think a lot of, um, you know, senior high school athletes graduate and then they're moving on to the next, you know, the next, the next program at the college level. And they, they don't start training until that time comes. And it's so important to, to start building muscle, to do your speed training, to anything that you need to do to get yourself ready for that next level. Um, Cause that big, that, that first camp, 
going into college is a, is a shock. Sure. Um, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be if you're if you're if you're prepping yourself the right way. Um, and then the other piece of advice that I would have given myself would be uh, just to overcome your mindset in that when you're stepping onto the field with these college athletes, some of them are are, are grown men, right? They're in their twenties and yeah. they, they have a house off camp ha- house off campus and whatnot. To not let that intimidate you. Um, because it's just a mindset. And if you can just, um, su- you know, kind of suppress that um, lack of confidence going in, you know, you're 18 year old kid going into your first camp um, to play with these with these athletes, you just got to alter your mindset because you can play with them. Um, it's just a, it's, it's really a, a mindset. There's a lot of um, psychological things that um, you can just overcome, like, because by the time you're a junior or senior, your body is really not that much different. And if you, you know, just looking back, it's like, just come in with that mindset that you can, you can play with anyone. And it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter how big they are um, or whatnot, then, you know, you'll, you can make it happen. So how long do you think it took you to adjust to the speed of the game and the mentality and all that? Um, it was tough for me because I, I bounced around, sure. um, you know, I, I played, I played in a junior college league at the, at the air force prep school. And then I didn't really play for a while. And then I transferred to Cal Poly. And at that time, I want to say I was, I was almost, I was 19, almost 20 years old. Um, so when I got to Cal Poly, that adjustment, um, it kind of felt like that was my first really time getting into college football, but, hmm. uh, I felt like I was ready to go, but there yeah. was like, I want to say a year and a half, two years where I really wasn't playing that much football. So it was tough to say, you know, how long it took me to adjust. Because sure. I was on basic trainings and all that type of stuff at the Air Force Academy, right? Um, so not that much football was actually played for me. Gotcha. Now, was the was the Air Force or the Air Force uh, Prep Academy? Was that always the plan from the very beginning, or did you have other other places you wanted to go, or what was the what was the thought process when you had to make that decision? You know, I had opportunities elsewhere, um, and in hindsight, I wish I would have pursued those opportunities. Hmm. Um, but Air Force did a really good job at recruiting me. Um, and, and actually, the way they recruited me helped me um, in recruiting once I became a coach. But they were on me early my junior year. No one else was. Um, they had faith in me. They had confidence in me. And then they just did a really good job staying in touch. Um, so that recruiting aspect, really, they did a really good job. Um, and then, you know, a couple of other schools came in late. Cal Poly offered me like a day or two before signing day my senior year mm-hmm. um, it was a little too little too late but in hindsight i wish i would have gone straight to cal poly um out of high school but um just the timing didn't work out that way got it um now let me ask you this i don't i, I didn't look too much into your background as far as uh, other sports did you play other sports in high school i did i played baseball okay you played baseball what position yeah, I, I played baseball um well i i pitched i, I pitched my freshman year and uh, my sophomore year. And then once I became the quarterback, uh, Troy Taylor, actually, the, yeah. the, the quarterback, he did not let me pitch, uh, which was <laughs> which was probably for the better. Sure. Um, so I played my junior and senior year as at center field. Okay. That makes sense. That's funny. I kind of forgot that he was the uh, the baseball coach there for a minute. And sh- yeah, it makes sense that he would want to maybe shut that down a little bit. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so if you could, looking back again at your at your high school career, and then maybe even for your college career too, 
what do you, what would you say is maybe your, your most, uh, like your greatest moment in your mind or, or your most memorable moment or the one, like when you think back to like your biggest play or your, you know, the thing that sticks out the most, what would you, what would you say that was? I want to say it was that second game against Grant High School, uh, our senior year at Sac State. There was, I want to say, about 22,000 fans. Um, it was the redemption game. That, that At that time, that was the only team that we had lost to that season. Yeah. Um, they, they embarrassed us on ESPN week zero, and uh, we knew we could play with them. We just, going into that game, we uh, – we just we didn't have the fundamentals of the game down, you know, just sure. blocking, tackling, the, the simple things. We were just we did not we did not do a good job of prepping for that. Whereas Grant did a really good really good job with that, and their coaches did a great job. But we knew we could play with them. So by the end of the year, you know, in that section championship, we we knew we could play with them. We knew we had come a long way fundamentally, and um, that was that was by far, you know, even exceeded the state game. That was uh, the best moment for me. Um, in my career, um, playing playing that redemption game, and I just remember so many, so many um, uh, students at our at our school doubted us. So many parents, so many, um, so much of the faculty. Everyone was like, "Oh, you guys, you know, you're going to get smacked again by Grant." And we were kind of the only ones that believed in ourselves. Um, but yeah, that was that was just an atmosphere that I'll never forget. Yeah, no, I I, I can't even imagine. I've never had, uh, I've never come close to anything like that in my own. Uh, athletic career, nothing even close to that, but it just, it's man, like I keep going back to it, but it's such a, such a weird experience going to a fulsome game on a Friday night because it's so much, it just feels so much bigger than most other places around the area. And I, this was, I forgot how many years ago, this is maybe like five years ago. Uh, I had the bright idea of trying to go to the Folsom De La Salle game. Didn't, didn't buy tickets ahead of time. And I knew the, I knew the parking lot was crowded. I'm like, eh, it'll be fine. And I literally go to the the desk and and I said, Can I get a ticket? And she's like, she just laughed. She just started laughing. She didn't even say anything. She's like, you know, there's no more tickets. Like, All right. right. So I had to go up on the hill. Um, and which was still a cool experience, but it's like, man, there are so many people on the hill, so many people in the stadium. And like I said, I can't even imagine what it would have been like. I mean, it's it, like I said, it's just you're playing in a different experience than everybody else. Cause you look at some of these games around the area and there's like barely anybody in the stands. It's like you could hear a cricket. And there it's like you can't, I mean, you can, you can't hear anything. You can't hear, hear yourself talk or think because it's right. so, so many people. It's wild. Yeah, no, that game, that, that, that second great game at Sac State definitely prepped me for college. As far I, bet. As I don't, I, I, I want to say we might still have the record attendance at Sac State Stadium. And it was that game. Maybe that changed this last year as they went on their playoff run. But I think up until um, Sac State's recent success, I think we had the record in attendance. Um, that's funny. You say the Hill, uh, up, up at Folsom high school. That's where I watch the games. Now <laughs> I'll take my dog up there. Um, cause I live, I literally live right around the corner from the, from the stadium. I can hear the announcer from my, from my front porch. Um, oh, nice. I'll go over there and it's just wild these days looking across being on the, you know, being on the visitor side, looking across to the home stands and seeing the dog pack and they have, you know, they have amps and they have these huge speakers and everyone's painted and they, oh, they dude, have, it's um, insane smoke machines and like a light show and they're throwing um i don't know what they're throwing but they're throwing stuff yeah. all over the place and it's a full-on concert yeah um, like that back when i was playing but it's 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 quite the uh it's quite the experience going to a Folsom game these days oh 100 it is funny because like i said the last time i was there i was on the hill that, that you spoke of and it is always funny because you know if anybody's not familiar it's like a marshy area 
up on that hill. Yeah. And the, the funniest thing to me is like when you look, you obviously have the field over here. And when you look behind you, you just see all these lights, like this trail of lights going down this path. Like, where are they all going from? Like, where are they all going to? And then you realize there's a neighborhood that's connected yeah. to, on the other side. It just, it looks bizarre though. It's like all these people just coming out of the woods and then going right back into the woods, you know, once the game's over. So it's just, a, it's an interesting experience. Yeah. But, um, so this is kind of a weird question. Like I said, I don't want to make it seem like I just have, again, it's probably different when you experience it, but for me being on the outside, just seeing, you know, Folsom and kind of holding Folsom football in pretty high regard, obviously over the last, however many years, since basically since you, you know, stopped playing for them, the, I feel like the quarterback position has always been a huge focus. It, it always is, but I feel like specifically at Folsom, um, the, the number of just great quarterbacks you guys have had has been pretty impressive. Do you ever, do people ever call on you to, to mentor or to have conversations with some of these guys that are younger than you that are just starting out? Cause I imagine, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I just feel like being the quarterback at Folsom is a little bit different than some other schools. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. And yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's different in so many ways. It, it's different in that it's so competitive. Sure. To get that starting role. Yeah. Um, it's so known, I would say. It's so, um, you know, it's so public that that starting quarterback job for Folsom High School is almost a guaranteed full ride scholarship somewhere. Sure. At this point, that's what it's become. Right. So it's competitive. And um, you've got people coming in um, from, from various places moving into town to to try to compete at an early age so there's actually a passing academy norcal passing academy that they yeah. actually train right around the corner from my house as well um and there's i want to say there's there's 20 to 30 guys out there at a time and they have different age groups from you know from from eighth grade and younger or the high school level and there's there's kids out there training at the age of you know 10 years old in hopes to become that next Folsom quarterback um, when you look at a guy like Jake Browning, right. I remember when I was training with with Troy Taylor, my my sophomore, junior, senior year, um, Jake Jake Browning was in sixth and seventh grade. You know, we're talking 11, 12 years old. And, yeah. and back then, Troy Taylor never took on ne – he never took on um, quarterbacks that young. But he saw something in Jake. Jake was really mature for his age. He's always been. And he uh, he was really focused. Um, I think, I think Troy, um, didn't want to, you know, spend time with, with kids that were there for daycare, so to speak, you know, sure. Jake, Jake was focused and, um, you know, ambitious at a young age, but, uh, but that's, that's a common theme these days. I mean, there's so many young quarterbacks out there that start training now and, um, you know, that have a good head on their shoulders, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see how competitive that, um, quarterback job is. Now we've talked a lot on this podcast and previous podcasts that I've done about you know like the being a multi-sport athlete and there's a lot of benefits to being a multi-sport athlete and but it seems like in a situation like that it seems like they're I mean it, are they really like if they're starting the quarterback training and the quarterback process that young do they tend to to specialize early on or do, are they still playing other sports too? Um, I would say they're they're playing other sports. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not. You know, I think a lot of those, a lot of the the, the passing academy, it's about once a week, um, sometimes twice a week. So it is a time commitment. Sure. Um, but I think at that point, I mean, I think just being in this town, and being in this town, especially, just football is so popular. That's what everyone wants to have success and be good at. Right. Um, so if you live in this in these parts, then you know that's that's where you're going to put all your all your eggs. So. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, just an interesting thing. Well, and I feel like you when you were playing, it was, uh, I mean, you had Facebook, MySpace, right, stuff like that. But I mean, it was you were still kind of before like the like the massive social media movement. I mean, it definitely wasn't what what it is today. Um, are you grateful for that that you missed that entire thing? Because I feel like that I can't even imagine the amount of pressure. I mean, you're seeing your highlights on Max Preps and all of these different outlets, and it's like people have uh, unfortunately they have more access to you and uh, they have more things they can say about you or to you on social media. But right. you were a little bit before that, right? I was, yeah, I want to say I had just gotten Facebook like a week or two before that ESPN game, my senior year. See, there you go. Yeah. And a bunch of people, you know, wanted a friend request and I didn't even know who they were. I just remember that distinctly. Like, what is, what is this Facebook thing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say it's a blessing. I'm, I'm glad that yeah. social media wasn't around back when I played. Um, I think it could be a distraction. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it definitely, definitely has its pros and its cons. I think as an individual athlete it can be you know distracting um it could be um you know maybe mind altering in 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 the fact is where you put your priorities or your priorities into your image and your success as an individual and your offers or they with your team um now i don't have experience with that but uh, maybe that's the case i think there's also pros to it i think for a program like folsom high school that's not a private school that's a public school I think um, all the all the content that's going out there right now on social media for Folsom High School is a is a form of indirect recruiting. Sure. You can't recruit at a public school, but if you have a you know if you just have a really cool social media page and, and you see all the different uniform combinations, all the decal different combinations, um, the blue field, the dog pack. Um, that's something that, you know, indirectly could make a young athlete want to come play for a program. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that is, yeah, I mean, that's always the, that's always the challenge with social media. There's so much good that can come from it, but at the same time in the wrong hands, I mean, I think the bottom line is we get too comfortable with it, right? Like it it becomes so much a part of our regular everyday life that you just treat it like any other thing you would do, like taking a shower uh, washing your hands, you know, driving, like it just becomes that normal. And then you start saying stuff, wild stuff that you shouldn't be saying. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've talked about that, about that on this podcast before that, you know, it it can lead you down some, some, uh, dark roads, unfortunately, and people lose scholarships, people lose, you know, a lot, you know, by posting the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing and having it caught on camera. Um, so it's, it's a wild thing, but yeah, I mean, I look at some of the athletes that, you know, we're, we're big in this area before social media and then knowing some of them, it's like, that's probably good that you, uh, weren't around during that time. Cause I think your career could have been a little shorter and lived a wild life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, um, yeah, man, maybe I don't say anything about that, but we, uh, we had, yeah. fun. <laughs> we had fun as teammates. Sure. We were close. We were really close. We had a lot of camaraderie, um, yeah. and I, you know, not being, you know, sucked up in, in phones and whatnot. Um, yeah. you know, that could have taken away from what we had as a group. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, I think it's cool. I mean, it sounds like you're still close with some of the guys that you play with. And I, and I feel like that's a common theme on this podcast too, is that, you know, you might be years and years removed from high school, but when you have, when you're on a solid team and you're on a, a, a team that has really good, uh, culture, those friendships actually last a long time. And a lot of those people remain connected, especially with social media. Now there's, it's easier to, to stay connected, but 
that's one of the best parts about sports is that camaraderie and that that team chemistry that's built, you know, in in a good program. Sometimes if it's a, if it's a rough program or the coach isn't great, you know, you don't get that as much. But if you have a solid program, even if you don't win that much, like right. those those friendships and those relationships last a long time. Right. Yeah, no. I think I think we had great culture. I think culture is something that is part of every single program, whether it's a good culture or a bad culture. And I think cultural culture in general is, is moving in one and two two directions. It's either getting worse or it's getting better. Um, I think our culture was always growing. We we're always trying to get better as um, as teammates. Um, we we're always trying to outdo each other competitively on the practice field to make each other better. Um, and we all had the, the importance and the pri- our priorities were all straight. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a great group of guys that, you know, I could, I could go years without seeing any of them. And we have this instant connection because when you accomplish something at the highest, highest level within your, within your, you know, within your level, within your division, um, and you win a championship, there's, there's nothing for the rest of your life that can take that away. Um, so you share that moment, you share that, um, that legacy with a group of guys that will always be there and will always be a part of who you are. Yeah. That's, that's well said. Um, oh man, I had, I had another question for you. What was it? When's, when's the last time you played? Like, is there ever the desire just to throw the pads on again and like get out there? Or like, are you, are you doing flag football? How are you, how are you scratching the competitive itch? That's so funny. Um, <laughs> so I haven't played, you know, with pads in a long time, but I want to, it was just this last Saturday um for my 30th birthday party a, a few guys went out to livermore field which is the youth field i grew up playing at oh yeah we played flag football nice um, yeah it was i want to say it was five on five and we played three games and i'm still sore <laughs> it's I'm, it's been like four days now and i'm yeah. still sore. um but yeah we've been we'll go out and do pickup games every once in a while and um um, they're they're competitive you know we'll get we'll get you know four on four five on five two by two concepts we'll be we'll be calling plays we'll be mixing coverages um you know we'll be rolling safeties it, it's it's pretty high level stuff because we got a lot of my brothers out there my cousin marco who played at oak ridge was also a quarterback nice. um, we got a lot of, we got a lot of football iq out at these pickup games um, that's awesome we're, so we're yeah we're we're hand signals and all that um it's a good time <laughs> Let me ask, you, you still got it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, for, for, you know, for like two seconds at a time, I can, I can go hard, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll need, I'll need a breather. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. Like being a quarterback, so much is, is a man, so much is in your mind. So much is, is a sure. mind in the chest. And um, out there, you know, my being able to read, decipher coverages and, and make throws into windows, um, all the timing's there in my head, but my body's ability to react to where I want to put the ball and how long it takes me to put my back foot in the ground and um, yeah. close my shoulder, get the hips through and get the ball there. Um, it's, it's, it lags behind a little bit. Sure. Well, and I imagine that you're, uh, I don't know what your wife's reaction is when you get back home after these games, but I imagine like she sees you limping in and it's like, oh man, it's gonna be a long couple of weeks for this guy. Exactly. Yeah, no. And, and, <laughs> and she, she's big on, you know, avoid, don't take ibuprofen. <laughs> she does the only thing she's like, I want to get in the ice bath. You know, she, she was a kinese major at Cal Poly. Nice. Um, she's all about the recovery and the, and the, and doing things before you go play to, to prevent things, which I always seem to forget to do. <laughs> of course. That's yeah, of course. Yeah. She's like, all right, get, let, let's jump in the, in the cold pool or, or something. So. 
That's awesome. No, it's always, it's, it's, I think no matter, no matter how old you get, no matter how far removed you are from the, the competitive days, whether it be high school or college, like any chance, anytime you get a chance to compete and play, like, even if you know, even if you know, I'm going to pay the price for this, maybe you get, even get injured in the middle of this. Like you can't, you can't pass up the opportunity to do it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear, man, that you're still getting out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's hard not to dive at certain points. Um, and just, and just, you know, try to find that inner inner self again that inner youth um to make plays yeah oh yeah 100 percent. yeah you can't take that competitive uh nature out of the athlete um that being said uh you as a man you as a professional in in the in the world of, of real estate and like i said being a, a mortgage loan consultant uh, you're still competitive and i imagine that there's other elements of you know your athletic career that you've taken with you into the real world so and that's one of our big things here is like how you know we're playing a game we're playing a game that we love we're playing a game that's fun but as a coach you're teaching these life lessons that hopefully through your sport uh your athletes grasp grasp this concept and down the road they'll continue to apply it to everyday life whether it's as a professional whether it's you know uh they continue to play their sport at a high level man it's just when they're you know um the leader of their their family and their kids whatever arena of life you may find yourself in a lot of times these concepts and these disciplines you learn in sports uh, can apply and can stay with you yeah. throughout your entire life so what are a couple of lessons that you feel like you've taken with you um to this point now where you're you're professional you're you know you're you know a leader in the community like what are some of, what are some of those lessons that you feel like apply now that you learned back in the day yeah, man, I, I would say just especially with what I do um it's very competitive um, I'm self-employed um, and there are good days and there are bad days. And it's something growing up playing sports that you learn, you have to learn to overcome adversity if you want to be successful. Um, so for me, um, you know, being a quarterback, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be times where, you know, you, you don't execute on first and second down, but you still have third down to make it up. Right. So I take that, that kind of philosophy into my, you know, my daily work life. Um, where you're not going to, you know, you're not going to complete the pass every single play. Um, but you saw that next opportunity. So you can't, you know, you can't get down on yourself. You can't be thinking in the past. You just got to write up, you know, drop the next play and um, snap the ball. And that's something that um, being self-employed that, that, you know, I really had to tap back into my, my former um, competitive edge in sports to make that analogy, to be okay with, um, you know, having failures because starting a business and running your own business, it, there's, there's no straight line to success. It's up and down and it's about overcoming those adversities and learning from, you know, mistakes and growing from it. Yeah. Well, I imagine, I mean, I imagine, you know, any athlete, you know, it's, it's going to benefit the mentality is going to benefit them, but especially being a quarterback. I mean, like you said earlier, it's just this constant chess match in your head. So is that, is that ever a challenge uh, as a business person where it's like, yeah, you're constantly thinking and you're, you're looking at every, like the next move and the move after that. But then I imagine there's sometimes where it's just like a jumbled mess in there. It's like, I gotta, I gotta sort this out because I'm, I'm thinking too much. Is that, is that accurate or no? Um, I, I it can be at times. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a while now where I've been able to kind of fine tune all of that and, and sure. stay organized. I think with what I do, um, it, it just, it correlates so, so well, um, to being a coach, um, sure. because all I really do and what in my, and all I really do with my job is I, I coach people, 
um, and educate them on the home buying process. Sure. Um, so my my coaching background and being able to articulate things um, really helps me in what I do. Um, and then it's all about writing game plans for, you know, if it's a first time home buyer, you know, I've worked with first time home buyers for years before they even buy a house, but, um, where they are today. And if they want to buy a house in the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, okay, let's write up a guy, let's write up a game plan. Let's see where you're at today. And let's, you know, make some goals for yourselves, um, so that you can accomplish your goals and become a homeowner by your desired, you know, home purchase date. And then also on the back end. So with with being a homeowner, um, you're you're essentially taken out a loan against the property, and that loan is essentially your your biggest debt. So what what I do as well is I I work a lot with all my past clients, um, and really because your mortgage is going to be your biggest debt, and it's a matter of managing that debt, um, sure. how to leverage that debt. Um, and that loan to help you build wealth, wealth for yourself, for your future, for your family. Um, so, you know, when you buy a house, it doesn't end there. You know, right. the, the, whole, the whole game plan continues to go on. And that's something that I take pride in making sure that I am staying in contact with all my past clients for, for the life of their, you know, for their lives um, to be able to manage that, that, you know, leverage in that loan. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that definitely, like you said, that definitely sounds like a coach, man. You'll be back in the game pretty soon. I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel it. your your former coaches are like, he, he'll be back. We'll get him sooner or later. Because yeah. that uh, that the way you broke that down, man, it, it, it did sound like you were drawing up a game plan. Yeah, yeah, man. I I miss it. It's it, honestly, you're asking if it's hard to like. It's hard for me to watch football and not and just enjoy it. Because um, yeah. when I watch football, I. Uh, I look at the coverages. I, I'm. I look at the coverages. I look at the formations, and I can't just like be a spectator and enjoy sure. it like, sure. as entertainment. Um, and I remember when I was when I you know coaching at Cal Poly. I remember looking over at Jake Jeffrey, um, who was a former high school quarterback as well. Went to Cal Poly. I had the the chance to, to coach him, but um, he was a junior or senior. And I remember looking at him in a meeting one day, and I was just like, I hope I'm ruining watching football for you. He's like, oh, definitely. I, I I can't even watch football anymore without looking at the techniques, um, yeah. the tackles, and what coverage, what the safeties are doing. He's like, hey, I'll never be able to watch football again the same. Um, so it's 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 hard to just watch it for entertainment, but it's cool to watch the chess chess match as well. That's funny. Actually, I'm glad you said that because I I would I have another podcast where it's not sports related specifically, but it's just you know we talk about we interview people from all walks of life. And one of the questions I ask either like, you know, if it's a graphic designer or uh, someone who does film or music, uh, that's one of the questions I actually ask him is like, Hey, can you even, can you watch a movie? Like if you're a filmographer, can you watch a movie these days? Like and enjoy it? Or are you constantly breaking out every part of it? Or, hey, you're a musician. Can you listen to a song and really enjoy it? I've never even thought about asking a coach that, but that's a great, I'm going to start asking that moving forward. Um, because yeah, I, I imagine that'd be difficult because I'm, you know, I'm watching a game on a Sunday and just enjoying it. I don't really know what's going on. I know it's good and what's bad, but I couldn't break it. I couldn't break the game down like you do. I can barely play Madden sometimes. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, yeah. that would be, yeah, such a weird, weird thing. But see, that's for me, like with podcasting, sometimes that happens with me in podcasting though. You know, I'll listen, I'm like, ah, that was okay. That was great. Oh, I'm, I want to steal that because that was really good. So it's interesting, man, when you're passionate about something, it changes the whole way you view it. And the way you enjoy it 
yeah, I see, this might sound weird, but like I'll, I'll see colors on the field. So like if I'm watching a football game, um, I'm a kinesthetic learner. So I see like, I, I remember things by colors and shapes and numbers. So like to me, cover three is green, cover, cover two is blue, um, you know, cover four is yellow. So if, and when I'm watching the game, like if I see safeties and corners start to get to their zone drops, I'll just see, I'll just be like, okay, that's, you know, that's, that's the yellow. And you know what I mean? I, I don't know why my brain thinks that way, but like, I'll see colors on the field. Um, that's wild. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, like, I, I don't play Madden very much, but next time I do, I need you sitting right next to me. So that way I don't look like an idiot when I'm playing this game because I'm terrible. So, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like on Madden when, when you like, when you're selecting your plays and you see where the zones are going. Yeah. Of, of the, of the coverages, that's, that's kind of what I visualize in my head, um, in different colors. Um, as I see safety start to tip things off. That's insane. That's awesome though. Well, there you go. That explains why you're, you're good. You were good on the field. You're good as a professional you know, now in your career now, it makes sense. You just, you see things differently. That's awesome. I do not. Mine's, mine's, it's just it's like a jumbled mess of nonsense. Like I just gotta make, I just gotta make it through this day. Um, so man, I, I know we're up against it. I told you 45 minutes, we're over a little bit. Um, two more questions for you. One, one quick one, and then a bigger one that we'll finish up on. But, um, usually I ask this a little bit earlier, uh, growing up and, and maybe even now, who's, who is your all-time uh, favorite football player? My all-time favorite football player. You know, I, I've never really had a favorite. But really? I have, I have had a most impressive player I've ever played with. Uh, that's that's even better. Let's hear it. And that is Tyler Trosin. Got it. Okay. Remember Tyler Trosin? Yeah, um, the family well well known at Folsom yeah, for sure. Tanner was a quarterback as well. Um, he was younger than we were, but Tanner, Tyler was my age. And he was the mono, most phenomenal athlete I've ever played any sport with. Um, and that's at all levels of, of, of football. Um, he was, he was something else. And if you ask anyone else, um, from that team, they would all say the same thing. Um, wow. He's, yeah, he's, he's by far the most phenomenal, phenomenal football player I've ever been on the field with. That, so that's crazy that you say that because uh, my last interview a couple weeks ago, I did with Matt Johnson, who's the head basketball coach at Sac High. And he said something, he said the best athlete he ever played with was his high school teammate. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on, the, on his teammate's name. Um, but he, I mean, he basically said a very similar thing that you just said. And that's so interesting because he played at a, you know, a couple different levels as well. And you would think, oh, maybe there's a, a college guy that he played against or played with that would have stood out, but it was a, it was a high school guy that he played with. And the same for you. That's crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I played against Cooper cup in college. Um, you know, granted we didn't play again. He was on the offensive side of the ball as well. So we didn't actually play against each other, but I've been in games with, with, you know, big names. And, uh, I still, I still believe Tyler, um, is the greatest athlete I've ever been around. Um, and that, you know, I mean, and there's so much, there's so much talent from my senior year, you know, Jordan Richards, he played in the league for, I want to say six or seven years. Sure. Um, Corey Babino, all, all these, all these huge names. And, uh, Tyler was just one step instinctually quicker than all of us. And he elevated our games, um, as players. Um, and he's who I looked up to growing up. Cause he, he, um, he came from Rosemont. I want to say it was our peewee year. I don't know how old that would have made us maybe 11 years, 11 years old, but, um, he elevated all of our games when he came to Folsom. Um, yeah. we played with yeah. I, I, you know, I actually, I don't think I ever 
I don't remember watching him play. I'm sure I, I'm sure I saw him, but I remember seeing the box scores uh, the next day when he was playing and throughout his career. And it was, it was just a different, a different level. <laughs> so the numbers. Um, so yeah, so that, that's interesting. So that's, yeah, it's interesting. So no, um, but you didn't really have like a favorite athlete growing up. It was more, you know, that's the, that's the guy that stood out. That's interesting. Again, man, you're dropping all these gems on me, uh, answers I haven't gotten before. So I appreciate that. We're keeping it, um, keeping it different than normal. So I appreciate that. Uh, Last question I have before, uh, for you before we get out of here, it's kind of a big one, but I feel like it's an important one that we always like to ask at the very end. Uh, when it's all said and done, you look back at the end of your life and you look back at the totality of what you accomplished, what you did, the people's lives that you touched. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be? Man, that's that's a tough question. Um because I think there are still things that I, I would like my legacy to be. And that's not something that I, I think about really at all that, that much. Um, <clears throat> I guess I would say, um, I guess I would say not even, maybe not even necessarily a legacy, but just the fact that when it comes to accomplishing something in sports, um, I really, really believe the the foundation of success comes from culture camaraderie and specifically within that culture is belief and you look at you know former former uh why am i blanking his name 49ers coach bill walsh sure um that famous saying that always stuck with me when i was in high school was that champions behave like champions before they're champions right mm -hmm. you don't just get to the end of a march madness bracket or you don't just get to the end of a you know section championship, state championship, and win it, and then you're surprised. Oh, we just like it's it's not a surprise, right? Because you have a cultural and you have a sense of um, you know priorities amongst you and your teammates, and one common goal that you have set in front of yourselves way before that point. Right. Um, and in order to get to that point, you have to believe that you can get there. Um, so, and I remember my senior year. Um, winning state was the only thing we thought about. And Folsom High School hadn't even won a section championship at this time in 20 years. And we were just a public school. Um, so we really didn't have any right to believe that, but we had belief. We, we just, we knew that would happen. We could visualize it happening. And I remember every single day after practice, I would drive out of the parking lot with the windows down and yell at, you know, yell out the windows um, to, to my teammates who were getting undressed and, and loading things into the back of their trucks or cars or whatever. And I would just yell out state. And then uh, the captain of the defense, San Lucan, would yell out state. And then it would just echo down. Like, it was just like state. Like, that's that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Um, and that's something that um, it's just it's really important to to have belief. And I'm, I'm really into I'm really into studying culture and cultural behaviors and what it takes to have success within it within a common group of men. Um, so for my legacy, I would I would say that um, just just leadership and being able to instill those principles within a group of people. Um, but that's my legacy is something that I want to continue to build on. I wouldn't even say I've accomplished that yet. Um, I would say as, as I do get back into coaching, that's that's something that I want to be able to inflict on the people I surround myself with. 
I love it. I love it. I got line. I got one more question for you, just because of basically, basically what you just said. I'm guessing. I'm guessing you're a reader. Am, am I am I right about that? You like to read? I I do read. I do read here and there. It kind of comes in waves. Like I'll go months where I can't stop reading, and then I'll go months where I won't won't pick anything up. But it, I definitely Same. comes in waves. Yeah. All right, man. So based on what you just said about culture, leadership, you know, and you being fascinated by culture and how it works, uh, give us a book recommendation. What's a book that you would recommend for maybe a coach or even an athlete, but something that would benefit them when it comes to this idea of understanding and developing culture? Okay. So one great one, I don't know the author and it wasn't a specific coach that wrote it, but it's titled You Win in the Locker Room First. Okay. Um, it's predicated around the sport of football. And then Urban Meyer's book. Okay. Um, I don't. Again, I don't know the title off the top of my head. I just know it as Urban Meyer's the book that Urban Meyer wrote um, about culture and the 2014 Ohio State championship team. Sure. That's a great read. Um, and more, more importantly, all those principles come from a man of. It's not Jim Jim Rohn. Maybe I can get back to you that on that later. But sure. It, so Urban Meyer actually hired this guy. Um, I, I can't remember his name. He hired him for the sole purpose of coming into the football program and instilling cultural behavior. His only job was wow. to do that. And this was after the 2013. He came in, they won this, they won the national championship that next year. Um, and and it's it's so fascinating um the power of belief and the power of culture and the power of leadership within a program. Um, Urban Meyer hired this guy. They then wrote a book after that 2014 season. And it's mind blowing. It'll change, you know, young athletes' lives. If if you're a quarterback, you're a leader by default. They're the, if you're not a leader, then you're not a quarterback. Um, but even if you're, you know, captain in different sports, whatever it may be, I really suggest getting into that. Those those philosophies um, changed my life. Perfect. That's a good. That's a good place to end this thing. Uh, Dan, oh man, where can they, where can they follow you? Uh, maybe if they have questions about coaching, maybe they, they're looking into buying or selling their home and that whole world, like where can they reach out to you? Yeah. So I, um, I would say Instagram, um, I'm not huge on social media. I never really check my Facebook. I'm probably most, um, you know, I'm checking my Instagram the most. Um, I'm still working on, on growing that. I feel like I, I don't have those, um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting older, I feel like, and, I, and Instagram was kind of after I learned how to use it. So I'm still figuring out how to use that for marketing and whatnot. But yeah, reach out to me on Instagram. I'll get back to you, um, whether it's about buying or selling a home, um, about, you know, just quarterback questions in general. Maybe you're a young athlete out there that wants to uh, just pick my brain or maybe even get together on the field and, and go over a couple of things if you have questions on, on a certain you know, fundamental. Um, I'm happy to do whatever I can to just just help this community grow. Awesome, man. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and and let me pick your brain a little bit about you know the the good old days of, of Folsom High School and then everything you're doing now, man. And just you know, uh, this is definitely going to help some people for sure, man. Hearing your perspective and your insight on not just the game but life as well. So, man, I definitely appreciate it and. Um, Man, we just look forward to we look forward to one day when I can interview you from the coaching perspective. Right. And uh, you know, I'm sure it won't be too long before you get back into that world. But I hope um, so, man. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing um for this Sacramento community and and um getting us all all you know involved and supportive to all these athletes out there that are have their aspiration dreams and all their, you know, all their dreams ahead of them, really. 
um, anything we can do to give back and, and help people achieve those goals. Um, you know, thank you for doing that. So, yeah, man, absolutely. We do it because of awesome people like you, man. So, uh, thank you so much and, uh, good luck with everything moving forward. Yeah. Likewise. Have a good one. You too.